Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of CrossFit Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast here, um, Marianne Sergio. So, anybody who follows Limestone on social media will know who you guys are. <laughs> yeah. No, but you too. No, I no, think no, you too. You're the one that's always super active there, and I'm just in the background with Paco. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I do repost what you guys do a lot. So, <laughs> no, you guys are doing awesome things. No, it's like, um, it's like kind of what you guys do for your day job right yeah so yeah. What, what do you guys do for work might as well start off with that i work for queens <laughs> um i do marketing and communications for them specifically for the um undergraduate admissions and recruitment office so basically um i take care of all their marketing and communications for you know like recruiting and bringing in every single first year class for the university um and it's it's super fun it's very fresh every year um, and we get to do a lot of like fun stuff and like events and stuff like that. It has been a little bit challenging with COVID recently, um, but I'm enjoying it and, and I love it. Nice. Yeah. And Serge? Yeah. And uh, I work with a company called Varsity Properties. Um, basically, we manage properties um, geared towards student housing. Um, although we take in anybody who wants to uh, rent from us. Um, we are more focused on the Queen's University student side of things. And so Mariana brings them to Kingston and I give them a home. Um, that's yeah. the way it works. Wow, that's a perfect combination. <laughs> it kind of is, yes. Now, do you guys work a lot with international students coming in? Yes, yes, I do, I do. Um, we have two different teams, so we have domestic and we also have our international recruitment team. And we definitely work with them uh, in different ways. We even have like different acceptance deadlines for both of them. Um, and it's very, for me, it's very rewarding to work with international students because I was an international student before. Um, so I think I, I, I have the opportunity to also help them, you know, like in their transition to Canada and coming into university. Um, um, you know, like giving them a little bit of my perspective and everything too. Um, but yeah, I do. And I, I think you do too, right? Um, yeah, I work a bit with them. Um, not so much because there isn't a lot of international students that come in like for the full four years of the university. Um, most of them that I see come in are looking for more short-term rentals because they're coming in more for one semester. Um, so they really look into something else like a sublet or something like that. Um, but yeah, I do see them come in every now and then. Oh, that's awesome. Now, with you guys being, um, inter you said you're international students. So let's give a little background. Like, let's give a, like, your, kind of your story, like how you guys got to Canada and, like, why you came to Canada. You want to take that one? Sure. <laughs> so um, our story goes back um, 11 years. Yeah. When did, like, how long have you guys been married for? So we've been married for Five years. six Almost six. six. <laughs> Almost Good six. job, Mariana. Because the thing is that we had two marriages. Like we had the legal one, right. um, which was for that we, so that we could do our paperwork for coming to Canada as a married couple. 
And then we had our religious one, which was like, what, six um, months afterwards. Yeah. So we have five years married by the church, five and a half married by um, legally, like by a judge and things like that. Yeah. But um, we've been together for 10 years now. Okay, awesome. And so when did you guys come to Canada? Um, we came to Canada five years ago. We were just talking about that, that our fifth anniversary was last Monday. Um, so Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we land, well, not landed. We, th- it's kind of like every time that we tell this story, people, people are like, what? Um, but we flew, f- well, or we are both originally from Venezuela. So we flew, um, Caracas, Panama. Panama, New York City, and then in New York City, we were supposed to rent a car and drive to Kingston, but then we arrived there like at 6 a.m., and then since none of us had a, like an international driving license, we couldn't rent the car, so we ended up, you know, like jumping in a cab yeah. <laughs> that drove us from New York City to Kingston, and it was like, what, six hours, I think? Six-hour cab? Yes. Like, what was the fare on yes. that? But still, it was, it was like $1,000. Oh, $600. But still, that plus, like, our plane ticket from Caracas, Panama, Panama, New York City was still really, like, it was cheaper um, than, like, really, like, flying to Toronto because we would have had to do, like, Caracas, Chicago, and then Chicago, Toronto, I think it was. it would have been, like, Caracas, Panama, Panama, New York, New York, Chicago, Chicago, Toronto. And if we went that route, it would have been $1,500 more per 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 ticket. So we spent like in like in total it was eighteen hundred to get to New York, plus six hundred to get up here to Kingston. When if we would have gone to Toronto, it would have been over four thousand. Yeah. So you know we end up arriving to Kingston by like in a cab. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. That's a crazy. (laughs) And we've been here since then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then what brought you to Kingston? Like what? Why? Like because how did Kingston get on the map? Because we're like we're not a big city, and like Kingston's, um, <laughs> like was it school that brought you guys here or what? Yes. So it was also funny because we, I mean, I love Kingston, and having been here for five years, um, I always tell Sergio, I'm like, I don't think I will go anywhere. Like I love Kingston, and he was like, well, but if you get this awesome job, like offer, like you know, like scenarios, like in Toronto, will you go there? And I was like, no. <laughs> Because um, I love Kingston so much, but we didn't even know that, honestly, that Kingston existed. And then one day I was, because we also went together to university um, and we did everything together in university. Like This in, is back in Venezuela. Yes, yeah. this is back in Venezuela. Um, so f- you have to do undergrad research to be able to like graduate from university. So we were doing ours together too. And one day um, I was at a doctor's appointment, I think it was, and I was like working on our final thesis. And then this lady, she, you know, like sits next to me and she's like, hey, so what are you working on? And I was like, well, like, you know, I'm working on my undergrad uh, thesis for like graduating from university. And she was like, oh, interesting. Like, have you ever thought about like going abroad for like studying? And we had already had the conversation about like, we would like to leave like somewhere else, but not in Venezuela, like after we, we graduate. 
and we had considered the, the option to, you know, like flying and living in Spain because I also have a Spanish passport um, and nationality because of my parents. Um, and it was, you know, like it was easier. But then she started talking to me and she was like, well, you know, there is this opportunity. There is this beautiful city in Canada. The name is Kingston and there is like St. Lawrence College. And like we kind of like started talking about like all the opportunities and like I think it was definitely meant to be because we we went to university and we both like our bachelor's degree is in mass communication with like in specialization in like adver advertising and marketing communications. And she was like, there is this amazing program at SLC. It's called advertising and marketing communications. This is a great plug in for the college. Here. Oh, yes. <laughs> SLC. Yeah. There we go. And, this is uh, true. This is funny. I went to SLT and I worked for Queens, but I mean that that's how yeah. this works. Um, and uh, I went like I, I looked at you know like at the curriculum and everything, and I loved the program. Um, and it was just meant to be. It was a good opportunity for us. We pretty much got everything together super quick, right? Um, yeah, and then, like, she helped us with, like, all of our, like, you know, like, um, student permits and everything. And she was also telling me, well, and, like, if you go to, like, if you go there and as an international student, like, if you're married or if you have a spouse or something, like, they can get um, um, a visa, like, a, a working visa and, like, an open work permit. So it was it was literally meant to be. So this girl that you just randomly met, she basically yes. helped you with all this. Now, did she work for St. Lawrence? Yes, no. Well. No, not really. She She wasn't like part of this recruiting. No, 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 no. Like oh. she's she's a lawyer and she like, you know, like has been like helping like institutions like around the world, like not only in Canada, like sending international students to like to their institutions, but like it's not that she worked for SLC. It was honestly, I think it was just meant to be oh, <laughs> that we started that conversation and I mean, we we made a decision and then here we are. Yeah. Five years later. <laughs> now, when yeah. you guys came here, so what would be some of the big differences? Like, say, I don't want to use the word culture shock, but, oh. like, when you guys first came here, you're like, wow, this is not like Venezuela. It can be good, bad. Like, what, what would be something you're like, or even, like, something with food, because I love talking about food, but, like, what would be something when you came here, like, this is not, like, home? Yeah, so the biggest thing, and I think it's, it may be the only thing that we're never going to adjust to and we're never going to do it um, is the time that you guys eat. Like, <laughs> Oh, that is so true because you guys like eating late at people, night. We are. Yeah, but it's different. Like lunch, okay, we, we can adapt because if you're on lunch while everybody else is working and the other way around, then it's not really a productive way to, to work. But dinner, I've seen people here eat dinner at 5 p.m., <laughs> Um, and we were accustomed to eating at, what, 8, 9 p.m. Yeah, so it's like a four-hour difference. I think that's one of the biggest differences that we've found here. Yeah. Um, I don't no, know. Is the, do, do, do they do siestas in Venezuela? No. No, 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 no. Oh. No, that's... Well, that's my that's, does. My dad but does. But she's from Spain. Yeah, your, your grandma's from Spain. My dad always has like a 15-minute <laughs> after lunch one. Yeah. Um, well, there's nothing wrong. You eat a big lunch, you shut your eyes yeah, for like yeah, 10 exactly. minutes. I'd love that. <laughs> Um, I think for me, one that it's very funny is that, <laughs> I mean, we were moving to Canada, so I pretty much brought everything that I had back home that will, you know, like protect me from like the cold weather. And that means like just a couple of jackets that were not even like fall jackets because like back home we don't have like freezing temperatures or anything. 
and I left everything that was like summery or like, you know, like stuff like that, like warm weather type clothes. I was like, I'm not going to need that. Like you I'm going to you, get. <laughs> you didn't do any research on like the <laughs> local area? Okay. Clearly I didn't. And then when we hit the summer, I was like, what is this? I'm dying. Like it was, it was hilarious. Yeah, the summers here, it's super humid. Like in the winters, it's not really cold and temperature wise, but it's very damp here, right? Yeah, and So exactly. that's why in the summertime, it's like, it's like wearing a layer of plastic on your skin. Exactly. And like the first apartment that we rented, did we didn't have air conditioning, oh, right? Somebody gave us a fan, yeah. like a little small <laughs> And I, we had to go out and like buy shorts and stuff like that. Well, and so did. I did, exactly. And so yeah, he lives in shorts. That's true. Like it can be like you know like minus ten, and he's like, oh, it's not cold. And I'm like, well, it. Yeah, Serge, you're one of those people always walk around in shorts. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, those are. I think those are like kind of the things that we both found like very different than what we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Other than that? The eating dinner makes sense because I, when I lived in Mexico, they we'll finish work at like 7 p.m., right? right? And we'll go home, and that was like – the main meal was at like 1 in the afternoon, right? And so we go on our um, – we had like a two-hour lunch break, right? I think we started work at like 9 in the morning. I can't remember. Yeah. Then we go have our um, two-hour lunch break and go eat a big meal, and then everyone goes lies down for 15 minutes. It was the best. Now, but then we also finished work at like seven, so it's starting to get dark. And then you come home, and everyone like sounds stereotypical, but they'll go get tacos in the from the street corner. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did enjoy like eating a little bit later at night, eat and go to bed. Now I'm kind of like that. Now when I eat dinner, I'm ready for bed. I do eat later and consider <laughs> it. It's not like eight p.m. It yeah. is like seven o'clock, but also I like to go to bed at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. I'm shutting down. So, yeah. so now. How long have you guys been at the gym here? Um, we have been part of this gym for two years and a half. Yes, it will be three in October. Now, I still remember when you guys first, when I first met you guys. Yes. When you guys came here, right? Because yes. we were having, doing a little coaches meeting back then with um, Brace and James, the other coaches. Mm-hmm. Her, um, and I knew you guys signed up. And your last names I knew right away were... Um, like Spanish yeah, percent, yeah, yeah. right? So I was like, okay. And I hadn't met you guys yet. You know, I only emailed you guys, said you'd done CrossFit. Yeah. And I don't know how it got brought up with uh, talking to James and Brace. They're like, yeah, they're from Venezuela, super friendly. And I hadn't met you guys. You guys have been here for like a couple, maybe a couple weeks, a couple, like maybe over a month. So yeah. I remember the first time you came in. I think I started, I said, hey to you, Sergio, in Spanish. I might have, I was planning on it. I don't remember. But then I remember there's running in the watt. And Mariana, you're like, I don't like running. <laughs> and, I still don't, yeah, people, then, for the record. <laughs> and I remember I was like, it was late at night. It was like 7.15 class. <laughs> and it was just on the cusp of getting um, dark out. And I remember that you guys would go running. I had to see you coming back, but you always had a big smile on your face. You're, you, I was like, you doing good? You're like, I'm good. I'm just walking. I'm going to come in. You do your reps inside here. Then True. you go jog to the end of the parking lot. Just start walking. But you always had a big smile. I was like, that's why I always remember. Like, you guys, I was like, man, you guys are like the friendliest Aww. people ever. Thank you, Bob. Thank well, you. Well, like, you guys just come in. You're smiling, even though, like, you hate running. Yeah. I was probably dying inside, but I was still yeah. <laughs> smile. Because usually when people come in, they're like, oh, I hate running. Like, usually it's like, fuck this. This is horrible. And, like, there is usually the curse words go with it. And that's why yeah. we just turn up the music so we don't hear the curse words. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, that, I mean, Sergio is a better runner than I am because you you did soccer. Yeah. For yeah. Like years. Yeah, so. ten years basically. Yeah. yeah. But you you played some amateur soccer down in Venezuela. You were telling me, right? Yeah, yeah, I played a bit. Um, basically, um, when was it? When I was like seventeen, I think it was. Um, I went to a summer camp with um, one of the top soccer school soccer teams down in Venezuela, and I had the opportunity to stay there. I played there for a year, um, but at the same time, during that year, I got to play against the let's say let's say the equivalent to a triple A team down there. Triple A in hockey, you mean, right? Uh, triple, yeah, in hockey and baseball, it's okay. not major leagues, but but it's like the farm like, teams, we yeah, call it the farm, farm team, teams, yeah, yeah. academy okay. team, um, and. It was nice, but that at that point where you say, okay, I either have to put my whole life into this um, and just leave studying, leave all that, and focus 100% on soccer, or I'm not going to make it. And at that time, like I had that tough, that tough, that tough decision um, where I realized, do I really want to risk my livelihood, my life on a blown knee? Because it can happen, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't really have the talent to succeed at the top level, but it was then that I saw it. So I went back to school, um, and I played at a lower level, still National League, but not at that high performance that they were looking at at that team. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing since I was 10 years old when I moved back to Venezuela from the States. Um, so, yeah, I played for 10 years, and maybe that's why I still run. Maybe not as fast as I did when I was 18, <laughs> But I can still chug along. No, you got good running form because we did a couple track sessions. Yeah. You picked yeah, right yeah, away yeah. that you did some sprint work just the way you stride, right? So, mm -hmm. oh, that's Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> now, did you guys do CrossFit down in Venezuela? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, for a year, I think. I did it for, well, you did it for one year. Yeah. I did it for two years. Right. Um, yeah. This was when boot camp started to get really big. Um, Reebok got into it, and that's when... That's around the time where we started doing those kind of exercise, like functional things. Um, and then I found a box down there, and we started going there for two years. Mm -hmm. uh, we went there for two years in total. I also worked in CrossFit, like in a CrossFit equipment manufacturer. Um, oh, doing down in Venezuela? Down in Venezuela, yeah. yeah. I like it, I like it. Yeah, yeah, uh, doing the marketing and sales for them. Um, but yeah, CrossFit has always been something that we liked, and um, we really enjoyed it down there. The, the, the box down there is still going, going strong, so that's oh, good. That's to awesome, know. good. Um, and then, yeah, when we got up here, nearly immigrated, we didn't really have the resources to do CrossFit yeah. until a couple of years ago when we managed to really settle down, yeah. get everything done, and started coming here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, and with being here, like, Say in the last year, obviously we've had to deal with the gym. The gym's probably been closed just as much as it's been open dealing with the pandemic. Um, with doing CrossFit and all that, like how, what are some major challenges you guys have overcome doing CrossFit here? Like what were some of the biggest things when you first started? Like you can be CrossFit back and down in Venezuela mm -hmm. or even here. Like what are some major challenges that like you look back and like, wow, like look how far I've gone. Wow. For me, I will say pretty much getting, like, really getting into it. Like, back home in Venezuela, like, I will go. And it was just, I used to see it more like, a, well, I do CrossFit and, like, I'll just go, like, twice or three times a week just to get my, you know, my body movement. Mm -hmm. 
like whatever movement I needed. Kind of bored the days that I had running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and they made us run so much too. And it was like up on a hill and I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but now it's totally different for me. Like it's now like Sergio has been part of like the entire like shift that I've had over the last year. And it's now part of my lifestyle. Like it's, it's much more than, you know, like coming to a place and like getting my buddy, you know, like moving around or anything. Like it's, it's, it's like a, like an eternal competition against myself and like always getting better and getting better and getting better. And it's also about the community that I always say, like the friendships that you build in the gym and like, especially over the last year with COVID, like the fact that, you know, like we're still jumping to the Zoom classes and that you guys, you know, like put all the efforts for it and everything. Like it's, it's part of the lifestyle that it's, it's, it's now part of like our day to day, I believe. Um, and when I look back, I, like, I don't consider myself like a, I'm a crossfitter, you know, like <laughs> I will go to the open or something like that. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. You never know. You never um, know but in the past, like, going and doing CrossFit for me was just, like, going to the gym. It's, like, kind of like the checklist. Yeah, yes, I just did it exactly, today. And exactly. Don't really pay attention. Correct. Do. Yeah. But now it's part of my lifestyle. Like, it's part of, like, that certain amount of things that are non-negotiable for me. Like, I have a list of things that are, like, non-negotiable that I will always find time to get them done and going to the gym or doing my Zoom class, whatever the situation it is. Um it's it's definitely it's definitely part of that for sure now what what was the switch that you're like okay um jumping in two feet non-negotiable because we all have non-negotiables in our life like there's some things like like example for me exact same thing fitness like non-negotiable try and do something active every day like what was the switch that because by the sounds of it it always seemed like yeah you just did some exercise but Mm -hmm. you didn't really um wasn't part of your, your full lifestyle. Was this again part of your checklist, right? So yes. what was the major switch that you're like, you know what, this is awesome? Um, for me, I think it was it, there were two things. So one thing uh, was you know like getting into the rhythm and like coming regularly and actually seeing myself like getting better and better at certain things, like lifting heavier stuff and like being able to you know like perform better in watts and everything like that, um, which also kind of like you know, pushed me to also, like, eating a little bit more mindfully um, in terms of, like, like what I'm putting into my body that will help me, you know, like, perform at the level that I'm enjoying. Um, and then after that, um, I think that, you know, like, I hit a place in which I said, I love this, and I've seen and I've experienced by myself, you know, like, lifting heavier and like getting new PRs and like feeling better and I'm also kind of like I feel that I've reached a a point in which I'm missing something else that I don't know like how to get further um and then I think that's when like the second piece of it came in which was like I need to you know like actually hone in my nutrition like I need to actually eat in in a way that I know it will help me perform at something that I love. Um, so I think that that's when, you know, like when I started like eating as I was supposed to be eating and 
and then feeling and actually seeing like the changes not only like physically like in my body but also like in my performance and like my sleep and like all of those little things um um really really helped me to you know like realize and say this is this is something I love it's not negotiable for me I love how I look I love how I'm you know like improving and feeling better every single day um and it basically turned into something that it's it's definitely not negotiable for me now when you mentioned the eating part right yes because because let's face it like fitness it's one part yes. eating overall lifestyle like mm-hmm. Like there's 24 hours in there. You can't just come into the gym, push <laughs> yes. yourself for that 60 minutes, and then expect to be overall achieve like that epitome of wellness, right? The mm-hmm. like be healthy. And, um, so what was the like? What were some major things that you noticed? Because you said eating, eating yeah. more. Because a lot of times when people start here, they're like, "Yeah, I'm cutting back. Um, I'm not going to eat as much." Because because a lot of people, there's kind of like three reasons why they start coming to the gym. One, yeah. lose weight. Two, they want to hit some type of performance. Or three, they want to reach out like in a community, like get pushed, right? And so when they start coming, there's like, oh, I need to lose weight. So I'm cutting back all my calories. And especially when you come into like a high intensity workout, mm-hmm. like here, where I'm always one of the first things I always say is make sure you don't cut back eating, right? Yeah. I don't mean like go eat a bag of chips and eat like an, yeah, like exactly. an asshole, but you have to make sure you feel your body, right? Mm-hmm. And so what was kind of the process, what happened there? Like, so. Yeah, um, for me, I think it was, um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a long journey for me, for sure. And like, and I still, I'm, I continue to discover new things. Like before, like at that point, when I look back to like that Mariana that changed her lifestyle in terms of like what she was eating, like my main focus at that point was like, I want to look better. Like I want to look leaner. Like I want to have muscle. Like I, it was very like focused on like how my physical body will look and like how I felt when I looked my, at myself in the mirror. This is back in Venezuela? This is, no, no, All back right. in like, I will say like a year ago. Okay, a year ago. Um, but then I fell in love with like, you know, like practicing CrossFit and it was, it, it started shifting towards more to like performance and like being able to, you know, like do better at the gym. So you started tracking more of yes, what you're doing exactly. inside the gym versus the checklist. Exactly. And then um, that's when I was like, well, I, I definitely need to you know, like, do something different and, like, find help because, like, I I knew from, like, other years, like, eating and stuff like that, that I that I, I didn't have the resources myself to know, like, ex- specifically which things I should be eating or, like, how much I should be eating. So, um, so I jumped with, with, like, my nutritional coach and, you know, as everybody else, I was under eating, <laughs> obviously. That is like, <laughs> that is the biggest thing I do notice with yes. a lot of people. Like, I would say like 90%. I'm not going to say 100%, but yeah, 90% yeah. of people, I'm like, everyone's like, well, I eat so much. And be like, well, you ate a bag of chips that makes you feel bloated. And exactly. then you drink some water, you think you ate a lot. But at the end of the day, it's actually when you start tracking it and like people just think they eat a, eat a lot or they're like on the weekends. I met some friends, we had some drinks, we yeah. ate some charcuterie. Well, might have had a lot of calories in terms of alcohol, but Correct. like in the macros of like fat, carbs, protein, you didn't have that much. Exactly. I'm always like, well, maybe you should eat a little bit more. But then people are like, no, like if you eat more, you're going to gain weight. Like what, it, what was that shift like for you guys? Oh, for me, it was huge. And I think for you was as, as well. Um, 
for me was huge because like I had always been under the mindset of like to be you know like skinny or like fit or whatever like you have to like avoid carbs avoid carbs at all costs and yeah, then carbs will make you fat and, yeah exactly and then, like there was always the paleo which we can talk about later but like a lot of people are like oh, you gotta eat paleo so a steak and salad that's all you gotta eat exactly and then when i started you know like with my nutritional coach then she got me eating all of this carbs and i was like what like how am i gonna eat all of this but then as soon as i started you know like honing in my macros and like eating more carbs like i immediately saw a huge change like not only in like my performance at the gym but like overall like I didn't have like mood swings anymore like I was feeling also like less anxious and like I would sleep better I will have energy like I will literally just like go to bed and then wake up at 6 a.m and I was going like I was able to do a 7 a.m class that never happened before yeah. and you didn't need that 15 <laughs> minute siesta after lunch exactly right? exactly so you know like months have passed and like you know like you get better and better at it too like obviously at the beginning like it was more like oh well I need to hit my macros and I did it but then as you know as I walked down that path now I'm like okay but now I'm eating better because I'm eating like more whole foods and like I have a better understanding also of like the food types that I'm eating right like before and I think this is very common I don't know if this happened to you Sergio but like I thought that it was eating like 200 grams of chicken that I was getting 200 grams of protein and that's not the reality like 200 grams of chicken will give you like what like 30 40 grams of protein I believe um and then when you track it you're like wow <laughs> magic yeah. um so anyways like nutrition definitely became something really important as like part of like both of our lifestyles i believe mm -hmm. um and then like the other things that you know like you like as a woman like you always say like oh yeah you know like when i'm gonna get my period like i get all of these horrible cravings and i was like and then i i experienced by myself with my own body and my own experience like if you're well nourished you don't get those cravings like, they just don't happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that was mind-blowing um, for me as well. Um, and then since then, I think I've turned into, like, a, a, like a really strong advocate of, like, eat. Yeah. <laughs> People need to eat. You all need to eat. Like, if you're going to train hard, train hard, of course. But you also need to eat for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, like, how was it for you? Because you kind of, like, started a little bit later later than i did right like i'll say this like usually when couples jump in two feet usually yeah. it's the female that gets <laughs> like they're in and they're kind of dragging their husband or yeah. their partner and they're like yeah whatever but then they start to jump in on that so that is typical like because there's times when tara tara was the same she's like let's start doing this i'm like uh, i'm good <laughs> but then you start to realize okay let's go so what about you sergio yeah it was the same thing with me with us um Basically, one day during lockdown, she came home. Well, not she didn't come home, but she came out of her office and at yeah, home. Walked down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, walked down the stairs and said, you know what? I'm going to do this challenge called Seven Days to Macros. And I was like, okay, good. Now, the thing is, like, we both cook at, at home. So we're not going to be cooking two types of diets for each of us. So I had... I. I had yeah, to do no it. Choice, yeah. I had no choice. Yeah, and I and I saw early results, and I was like, "Damn, I want that as well." <laughs> um, but I come from a different side, yeah. because um, 
when I was younger with, the, with soccer, um, <clears throat> I tr we were training five times a week, two hours a day, and games on Saturday. Now, big thing there was before every game and after every game, huge bowl of pasta was what we would eat. So I already got, I had a good idea of how food would fuel your performance um, and how that is such an integral part of what you do to keep yourself healthy. healthy. The thing is, between those soccer days and now, there were five years in university where it all went to hell and I just didn't eat the best way that I should have. Um, typical story in university. Typical story, yeah, yeah. it happens. You get, you get money. You, get, you don't have your parents watching what you eat. You don't have right. coaches with you every Freedom. day. Freedom. You can be like, let's go have a couple <laughs> beers with the boys. Yeah, exactly. You know? oh, yeah. A couple beers, a couple burgers. Yeah. Um, so that's how it went. Um, so falling back into it was a bit easier for me because I was already used to eating that way and knowing what to do. It's like riding a bike. You get right into it. Um, but yeah, same with me. Like once I saw results from her, I said, okay, I got to step it up. I got to, not only because, not only for me, but also so that she is also motivated to keep going and she doesn't see me wolfing down three hot dogs and a burger and some ice cream while she's sitting there with a good nutritious plate. Yeah, like and a big bowl of salad with chicken and all that. Exactly, you're, yeah. You're eating like an asshole. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm eating pizza and all that. Um, but also, like, she's been so inspiring in that way because I've seen the struggle behind it. And I've seen the struggle that goes on with her adjusting herself to her new style of eating. And if she can do it, then honestly, everybody can do it. And that's one of the big things. Like, seeing those results has really made me push myself harder um, to make her proud and to see that reaction whenever I tell her that I have to go buy new pants because the ones that I have are already too big. Or I have to do a, I have to um, do a new hole in my in my belt, so it's yeah, good. Go shopping, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a huge hurt in that sense. Yeah. Like, no, that's amazing because <laughs> like, like we talked about balance, right? And balance, yeah. and to eat healthy, like it's a lot of work. We always mm -hmm. say abs, abs are made in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And you do have to work hard. It isn't just like. And I think that's why a lot of people, they're like, if I go grind for 60 minutes, I can turn my mind off and forget the, the rest, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then to achieve that overall health, right, to achieve that wellness that we all want, like you do have to work outside the gym, right? Yeah. You have to like think about what you're going to eat and all that. And it's amazing that you guys can balance that yeah. with each other and have that support because you do see some of that where one person is like all in, the other person's like, ah, and then when the person who's all in, they're like not having a good day, they lose that motivation. Mm -hmm. That's when you need someone else beside you to be like, nope, we're going to keep with this routine. Yeah. Right. And so, no, that's just amazing that you guys. Yeah. No. And I think also for us, something that it's like, I get a lot of, a lot of my friends and like, you know, people that have known me forever and everything. And like, even people that, just don't know me but like they follow me on social media and like we've you know built relationships uh through social media they always message me and they're like how do you do it all and I'm like well I didn't used to be like this f before it's <laughs> like it's like just it's, a process work, like right? yes like I it's just like you just need to be kind to yourself and also realize that when you see people on social media like me that I like, I post a lot of things and you're always seeing me like doing stuff and going to the gym and like cooking for the week and like eating like super like clean and like, 
and just doing everything that I kind of, I guess, have to do. Like, just know that I'm at that point right now. Like, we are at that point right now. Uh, but it hasn't been like that forever. Like, it wasn't like that. We didn't start there. And, like, a lot of the things that I... A lot of the times people will think... Well, like I have to, you know, like they will come and ask me like, what do I do? And then I will tell them, what do I do? And they'll be like, whoa, that's a lot. And then I was like, exactly. And if you, like, you, just, you just need to pick where like one of those things and just feel comfortable with starting there and then build yourself up. Because if you try to, you know, like be perfect at the first attempt, then you're just going to quit because it will get overwhelming. It will get terrible. Like you will feel like I can't do it or I don't have the time or whatever. And and then you tech, I mean, you end up quitting because you feel that I can't do it. But the reality is that you can, you just need to, you know, like go slow. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another thing that I see is that a lot of people see celebrities on social media and basically let's say influencers and they see the chiseled abs, they see the big body and they don't, they think that that's a realistic goal, um, but then they don't see what's behind everything. Like these people, let's say, for example, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds. He has a chef. He has a trainer. He is He's got some money to put behind. Exactly. Yeah. That's the big thing. Like he has, he is basically paid to work out and to be exactly. at that level. And that one picture that you see where he is shirtless and ripped it's one picture for which he probably dehydrated himself a few staged hours before it, yeah. with stage. It's one picture, and then two, three hours later, he's back to, let's say, a normal body. So along with, you have to be conscious of all the work that goes into it, because if you think that you're just going to come to the gym five times a day, one hour a day, eat some chicken, eat some broccoli, and that's going to be it, and you're going to be... And sweet potatoes. <laughs> and you're going to hit that body. It's not realistic. And you really have to be conscious of that because if not, you're just going to be setting yourself up for failure in the end. Oh, oh, that's awesome. No, guys, that was great. I'm glad you guys jumped on this. We were, we should definitely jump on another podcast soon and jam sure. again. That was Whatever great. Whatever you want. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. No, awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you.